are listening to Let Me Overthink About It, where I dive into a series of topics that occupy my anxious mind. Episode 21, Resilience. I'm Sam Medore, Overthinker Extraordinaire. here with Laura Peters. Hey, Laura. Hey, how are you? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing good too. Yeah. Laura, you're joining me through Zoom. You're in PEI. I am. I'm in Summerside PEI. Awesome. I actually have had, well, two people from Summerside, if you count Joey, because he's obviously my husband is from Summerside, but he's been living with in Toronto with me. And I just had Catherine McClellan on the show, too. I, I heard it the other day. Yeah, it was great. She is lovely, as are you. There's so many nice people from Summerside, man. Yeah, it's a great place to live. I mean, it is a very small community and we're feeling a little stuck over here right now, but I think everyone is anyway. But it's a great place to be. Totally agreed. So I I want to talk to you about resilience. That's a big word. Um, and I feel like it's an even bigger word now that we've been faced with this global pandemic. But you came to mind because I've known you for a little while now, a couple years. And um, when I think of resilience, I think of you. Oh, well, thank you, Sam. That's nice. <laughs> I want to kind of put you on the spot. Any thoughts on why that is, Laura? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have alopecia totalis, um, actually alopecia universalis. I lost my hair uh, three years ago. Um, it's an autoimmune condition that attacks your hair follicles. And it had started back um, a number of years ago, just coming out in small patches. And then um, one day I just noticed it started coming out in larger patches and it wasn't stopping so yeah so um maybe that has something to do with it (laughs) (laughs) it does because you know you think about your identity as a woman um and how much of that in a ridiculous way it sounds so superficial to say it out loud but how much of your identity is kind of tied up into appearance but also hair in a in a maybe strange way would you agree with that statement prior to this experience or maybe during this experience oh my god yes I um women define themselves by their beauty and it doesn't matter who you are or what you look like we all do and if you you know are looking on social media or magazines anything the first thing you see is their hair it was always the first thing I saw yeah and um yeah, it really strips that away from you and makes you um, really dig deep inside to realize and wonder who you really are, for sure. I I mean, I just, yeah, and I just can't imagine that initial feeling, like when you describe it as, you know, starting with small bits of hair and then, and then growing. What is the, what, I mean, it sounds like a stupid question, but what is the fear that's associated with that for you or that feeling of, of just what the heck is going on? Well, it, at first, when it was happening years ago, it was um, dissociated like with stress. Um, so things would happen in my lifetime uh, or in my life at the time. Um, and, you know, I would lose um, little 
kind of round circles of hair and I, but I would be able to cover it. So, you know, I would kind of stress out over it a bit, but I always had like, I thought I always had great hair, you know, I had a pretty full thick head of hair and I had some natural curl to it and lots of cowlick. So I was always able to hide it. But then when it really like it was coming out in large clumps, I was scared. Um, I mean, that was the first. And then of course I was scared. I, you know, I was sick because when people, you know, when their hair is falling out, you just automatically, you know, go to the worst um, part of your mind yes. and think the worst thing. So I was, I was terrified and, you know, like, I mean, I had a lot of emotions, of course, going through my head, but um, I guess terrified would be one of the most, um, like the most prominent ones that stuck yeah. out. And then from that first moment for you, how, how long was the process of realizing, okay, this is what it is and kind of relieving some of that fear from that first day that, or that first time that you realized you needed to kind of get it checked out? Um, I had, I had seen my doctor um, before that about it and gone to a dermatologist and they had said what it was. And, um, but when it happened like that in the larger clump, I had made another appointment and got some cortisone shots in my head and um, just kind of started doing a bit of research on what was really happening. I never realized that there are three stages of alopecia that people can get. Uh, the first one is what I had, alopecia areta, and it's just small patches here and there that grow back and come back. And then there's the middle range small um, alopecia. It's called totalis. Um, so people could lose their eyebrow hair or another body part of their hair, but then have hair on other parts of their body. And then, um, so I was praying that that was the one that I had, but unfortunately mine was alopecia universalis, which is um, complete hair loss over the entire body. Um, And if it doesn't, if you don't show any signs of the hair growth in two years, then it won't grow back. And there is, um, no cure and no treatment. So once I um, realized that, that was that was the kicker to realize, like, to realize that I was never going to have hair on my body again. You know, you don't. Um, wow. You kind of. It's one of those things. I guess you take for granted when you don't have it, and then um, you know. So that part was the the part that I found that I had the hardest time with. Oh, man. I mean, I can just hearing you talking about that, you, when you said take it for granted, absolutely. That's not something that you are ever in your lifetime thinking, I'm so glad that I have my hair or that, you know, like all, just those silly things that you just completely don't even consider. I mean, it's got to rock you, like you said, when you get that information or that news. It is. And, you know, it's one of those things I, at the time, I was so... um you know, obsessed over losing my hair on my head. But now the, it's the it's the hair on other parts of my body that I miss. I miss my eyebrow hair and my eyelashes. My eyes are always dry. Things are always getting into my eyes. I miss my nose hair. My nose is always running. So then I tend to get little sores in my nose sometimes. You don't realize the little things and why you, why we have certain things on our body or what, what they're needed for. And it's like, that's the one thing, you know, you take for granted when you're complaining about it and then when you don't have it, but it's kind of like when you have a, a sore finger, or you have 
cut, you know, you bite a hangnail and you don't realize how much it hurts until it actually happens to yourself. I mean, and that's, it's, it, I remember we were, I, I was in PEI this summer and we were sitting outside and, and you talked about the, uh, your nose hair. And that was something that even though I knew you had alopecia, I would never in a million years have considered nose hair and the fact that nose hair is actually serving a purpose as ridiculous as I sound saying that out loud I know you know what though Sam I was the same like I at the first few months I was like what in the hell is going on why is my nose running all the time I thought it was allergies I was blaming all these different things and then I started reading like more about it and people with alopecia they were kind of you know talking about pros and cons and um yeah you know and that's where I I read about it too it's like I said it's one of those things you take for granted and when you don't have it it's like oh yeah crap <laughs> right and what causes it like is this something that you were always destined to have just out of you know genetics or or makeup somehow like how, what caused this for you or do you know I'm not, I'm not quite sure. It is autoimmune. Um, so, um, like any other autoimmune, my oldest son is type one diabetic and my middle girl is, um, she has psoriasis and they're both autoimmune. So I'm assuming, I guess I was like, I'm some sort of carrier. They tend to be all kind of hand in hand, a lot of autoimmune diseases. Um, when I talked to my doctor about it, he just says, you know, people are just born with different autoimmune diseases and or autoimmune deficiencies and whether or not it comes out and stress does right. play a big factor and I guess it's just a mixture of of it all that's the that's the hard part about alopecia is that there's no you know I you, if you're the type of person that needs an answer there's no real answer about so that's the hard part about it for those of us us overthinkers or yes. people who need <laughs> you know control on some level <laughs> exactly yeah. <laughs> and I'm guessing you're one of those people Laura <laughs> um a little bit I you know I I'd like to take things in stride but when but you know yourself Sam when it comes to your own self and your own body it, it's a little different right yeah just nice to have an answer 100%. every once in a while <laughs> or something yeah and that's where and really this is where the resilience comes into play because you're able to take all of those because Obviously, you said stress plays a part. So there's obviously stressors in your life before this even happens that are contributing to those feelings of stress and and whatnot. And then now add this big stressor on top of that, but you're still able to find positives and, and you're now after these last couple of years of managing this day to day are able to you know, educate people about it and feel good in your day-to-day or relatively good in your day-to-day. I shouldn't say that, you know, you feel good all the time, but uh, you're able to find the positives. Yeah, well, it's, it, I'm not going to lie. It took me a while and I still struggle with it on a daily. You know, I, I loved mirrors. I loved, you know, like doing my hair and every time yeah. I walk by a mirror, I always looked in one, you know, if you ask any of my family members or friends, they tell you that. And now I avoid yeah. them. Like I, I do have a hard time sometimes. Um, some days I feel better than others. Um, but I, I kind of, as I'm getting older, I realize like 
hair or no hair, I that's pretty normal, you know, to feel like that about oneself, um, you know, and I'm super lucky with the support system that I have too. So it's, that makes it easier. You know, my family's been great and my boyfriend. So it's that person, you know, really helps. I think if I didn't have that, I, I know I wouldn't be at the mental state I'm at today. Right. I mean, that's so huge. I, I feel like we don't, sometimes we don't give enough credit to that piece of it is that especially and I think people are giving more emphasis to it through the pandemic, the importance of connection and and having support system when you are feeling lost or low. Definitely and reaching out. That's like, you know, seeking help or counseling or talking to people and knowing that you're not alone. And regardless whether or not their problem is the same problem as yours, but everybody has something you know even if they say they don't they have something <laughs> you know it's uh right and you you realize that once you start opening up and letting yourself like feel that or realize that it's okay to to not be okay sometimes for sure and I'm just thinking because you know you're talking about looking in a mirror I you know I my sister Melissa I don't who I don't think you've met um or yeah you did meet her actually once yeah. at Joey's birthday party, but sidebar, um, yeah. <laughs> she and I are the two in our family. We're always made fun of for stopping and looking at our reflections in mirrors. So I get that I that that you know that urge. You know, you're walking down the mall and you catch a glimpse just to make sure your hair is not out of place or whatever, whatever's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. So that's a huge shift for you, Laura. Like that's another one of those things that you take for granted. It's a huge shift in your identity. Like how much has your identity shifted over the last few years? A lot, really. I I find that I before I was a bit more um, outgoing, willing to do more things and, you know, kind of not the life of the party, but and not saying that, you know, I don't like to have fun anymore or do things, but I tend to be more private with it, I guess. Like, you know, more of a, right. let's just meet together and not really like, you know, go out or, because here in Summerside, yeah. we can go out still right now. You are allowed out, um, you know, to restaurants and different things like that. And I do, I do still go out, but not as much as, as I did. I tend to kind of shy away okay. from that a little bit more. I'm getting better at it, but I just find that it's, um, you know, living in a small place. And um, I know a lot of people know that I do have alopecia, but I still get the looks. And sometimes I can, you know, walk past and not care about the looks, but sometimes it really bothers me. And I know when I'm going to have one of those days where it's going to really bother me. So I tend to kind of shy in a little bit more where before I wouldn't even think about that you know I'd be like what the what are they looking at you know (laughs) they have nothing to look at where now I'm like I know they have something to look at it's like you said about you know when you started losing your hair you I mean a lot of people associate hair loss with cancer that obviously you weren't going through chemo so you knew that you weren't at that level but um people looking who don't know might associate sickness or illness or how does that play a part in in those looks that you receive from other people um, well, it, it's changed over the time. Like when it first happened, um, when I first decided not to wear wigs, um, you know, I, I, I just decided one day, um, 
you know, I had talked it over with my boyfriend and he was like, you know, you do you, you're beautiful regardless. Like I love you and your family loves you and everyone wants to support you. Like you do what you want to do. And, yes. you know, and I'd read, I had read something online and it basically was like, you know, something about being your own person and opening up. And I put like a little quote on Instagram and I messaged my family and that morning and I said, um, I'm going to work today with no wig on. And, you know, and I knew as soon as I said it, like, as soon as I put it in the text, I had to do it. So, um, yeah. so I did it and it, you know, um, it was a little hard. It was, um, you know, my clients were shocked. Um, they all knew I wore a wig, but with the shock factor of that. And then, uh, so I got through the day and then, um, after that, every day I made myself do something, whether it was go to knees or whether it was, you know, take off my hat and walk into shoppers drug mart or go to a restaurant. But I made myself every day go do one thing bald that was out of my comfort zone, whether it be sitting on my step of my house outside and people driving by seeing me and there's still days you know people and I I feel for people they're you know they have a lot of compassion and a lot of them think I'm sick and you know like to tell me a story about their loved ones or and I almost you know sometimes I um, agree or just say thank you you know if they tell me you know how nice I look bald or whatever and I don't tell them because Sometimes I, you know, I'll say, oh, well, I have alopecia. I'm not sick, but thank you, you know, for telling me I'm beautiful or whatever. But there's other times, too, though, I feel bad even out telling people I have alopecia because I feel, you know, then they feel bad. So it's kind of a mixture back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. So then it kind of plays with my emotions where I'm like, do I make them feel bad? Like, (laughs) you know, I kind of go, that's where, that's where I, that's where I overthink it there, Sam. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. And I, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking of course, from, you know, mom's perspective too, because she made a choice not to wear wigs when she was going through her chemo treatments. And um, it is definitely a conscious choice you have to make. Mm. And it's one that we all, you know, would struggle to make. So where did you, like, I know you said, uh, you know, you told people that that's what you were going to do that day. Where did that decision come from for that day? What was it in you that day that made you think today's the day? I'm just not going to do it. Well, I had, um, I have numerous wigs and it was summer and I was hot and I was so uncomfortable. And I was just, you know, I, I was struggling with it, looking in the mirror and, you know, tape and taping it on and, just worrying about it always, you know, coming off or how, you know, in my head way too much with overthinking about how I felt in my wig or how uncomfortable it was. And it just kind of hit me that this is me. Like, this is what I have to live with for the rest of my life. Do I want to put a wig on every single day and deal with it and be uncomfortable? And I just... You know, I just thought I just, I need to do this for me. I, you know, just has to happen regardless of whether or not it's, you know, it's going to be hard. I knew it would be hard, but I just felt like I just had to do it. Right. And when you say that about doing it for you, because, and I think I can 
speak on my mom's behalf in saying that who was she putting that wig on for? Was it for her or was it for people that she didn't want to make feel uncomfortable that she was bald, right? Yeah. And, you know, when I did uh, everybody, like all my clients and my family, like, you know, very supportive and, you know, told me they didn't blame me for not wearing my wig and, you know, and of course, lots of compliments and things like that. I did have one client and it'll always stick in my head. And she came in and she was quite shocked. She was an older lady and she, uh, she was like, where's your wig? And I said, well, I, you know, I decided not to, not to wear it um, anymore. It's very, you know, uncomfortable and itchy. And, and I said, you know, and, and I said, really, you know, who am I wearing the wig for? Am I wearing it for me? And am, am I wearing it for others? And she said, well, you could wear it for others. And I was like, well, I, I choose not to, you know, and, and it's forever. And I get that, you know, maybe her way was a different because she was the shock value of it, but that really bothered me for a long time. And I thought I can't, you know, and then I, but I couldn't, I, you know, I couldn't let it get into my head too much, but it, it did. And then, and then I started thinking, well, maybe I should wear my (laughs) way. So yeah, it went, I went back and forth with that for quite a while. But I mean, there's always going to be those people. And I, I just, I thought if I can't, you know, I have to wear it for myself. I have to be, and I still do. I still have all my wigs and I go back and forth and I think maybe I'll wear the wig again. Maybe I'll wear it again. But then I don't. (laughs) Because that's it. I mean, you think about what, what everyone says like about putting your oxygen mask on first before putting somebody else's on you gotta love yourself first right right totally and and I guess that's kind of where it comes down to it's you know I I have this I this quote that I keep in my work um and I look at it every day um and it says you spend most of your life inside your head make it a nice place to be oh and you know it's just it's real. It's how I feel all the time because, because we do, we, you know, when we play games in our heads and we, you know, we have these fantasizes about what we should be or what things, how it should be. But if you just kind of stop and think about it, it's, you know, it's really not that bad. Oh, I really love that quote a lot, Laura. And I'm a quotaholic. I'm going to steal that one. <laughs> yeah, I put it on my I put it on my Instagram because I thought you know other people need to see it. I got my sister to she does uh, craft stuff, and I got her to make it up for me, and I have it in my work so I can see it. I used to have it over my bed, and so I would see it in the morning and at night. And then I thought, you know what, I'm in my work all the time, all day, and some days I need it more than others, so I put it in there. So it makes me feel better some days. Yeah, it's that reminder front and center that you know, you got this. Yeah. So in thinking about resilience, I know, and I think this is the important thing that this is why I love the word resilience so much more than I like the word strength. Uh, The word resilience means that you acknowledge those bad days. Like you said, you know, you're still you still have days where it's challenging, and you know that you're not going to want to necessarily do certain things. It's that even on those down days, you keep going. For sure. I mean, we are all going to have those days. I mean, that's, that's normal. That's life. You know, it's, um, 
I kind of say that to my kids or to people, you know, I know or love or even clients. We're all allowed to have bad days. We're all allowed to sit around and feel sorry for ourselves. But, you know, the next day or a few days later or whatever you need, put your big girl panties on and get going. You know, you just, (laughs) it's life. We just have to kind (laughs) of, you know, but we're all allowed to have and feel sorry for ourselves. Maybe that's the quote I need to steal, Laura, is the get your big girl panties on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah get your big girl panties on and get going. Oh, so true. It is so true. true it is. And I admire you so much. And I'll just let the, our listeners know that uh, you're a good friend of my sister-in-law, Sarah Grace. And um, I just admire that resilience in you and, and your personality and your sense of humor. And I just, I, I just, I'm really glad that you put your big girl panties on and decided to uh, to not wear a wig if that wasn't what you wanted to do. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, well, and like I said, you never know. Maybe someday you might see me with a wig on. It's kind of, I guess I have those options anyway, right? It's, that's just it. It's like one day at a time. That's right. I mean, that's all we can do, right? We have no choice. Absolutely. I'm so lucky that I'm not sick. You know, I'm things could be so much worse. And so I just look at it that way. My health is there. I may not look, you know, like I am with not having any hair, but I am. And, you know, I have a wonderful family. And so I just, you know, you have to just keep on trucking. Thank you so much for joining me, Laura. It was really great to chat with you. Uh, Obviously, we can't be in person, but uh, it was great to chat with you through Zoom. (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was great. Thank you for having me. Thank you again to Laura Peters for chatting with me about my favorite word these days, resilience. 